I like it. We're yeah. already starting it off. Already starting off. Okay. All right. I believe this is episode number seven. I think I always mess up the episodes because we had season one and then we switched to season two. Yeah. And now everything is just messed up in my head. So I'm pretty sure this is episode number seven. Lucky number seven. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Creative Podcast, episode number seven with Alex Vandelar. What's up? Yeah, I nailed it. Okay, sweet. I was really worried about that last thing. <laughs> um, so today, uh, we're sitting down with Alex, and we I really wanted to chat to you about uh, the fact that we met over a year ago. Um, we met at like a little networking event, and um, I didn't really know much about what you did, but the energy that you gave off was really personable, and I really liked it, and I was like, man... I kind of want to chat with this guy again. So we hung out probably a week ago, a little over a week ago. Um, and then we kind of just dived right into what you did uh, for a living and how you help people. So I just kind of want to start off right going into there. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you do and how you help the team and, and your friends. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, and absolutely. likewise, um, I think as soon as we met, we we're you know on the same page. I think we both. Yeah. You know, go nuts. Both listen to uh, you know Gary V yeah. and and we're really interested in content. So just to give you a little background, uh, I studied business in university, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure in the direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I uh, concentrated in marketing and entrepreneurship. Oh okay. Yeah, so I was. Wait, I was, you can take entrepreneurship in school? Yeah, you can. You can concentrate in it. Okay. It, every cool. program is different, but That's so in my third and fourth year, all my classes were marketing or entrepreneurship. Huh. And so I started to get a sense of, you know, this is the direction that I want to go. And, and um, I outright out of school, I got an amazing job in sales. Nice. And so I just hit the ground running with that, and, you know, super young out of school and did really well. And at the time, they didn't really have someone to lead the sales team. So after a couple of months, I, you know, got along with the owner really well, kind of moved up into a managerial role. Oh, wow. Then I realized that this is a manufacturing company. They didn't do any marketing at all. I just spent, you know, <laughs> yeah. four years talking about marketing. So I was like, we should do some of that. Like, yeah. Okay, we'll make a department. So all of a sudden, I was in charge of marketing and sales. Yeah. Huh. And as we progressed, the company was growing. And then there was no one to um, kind of manage the customer service team. So right. I took that under my belt. And at a really young age, I was you know in charge of three departments and traveling over North America doing sales for this manufacturing company. So that was all amazing. I learned so much. But what I realized was that I wasn't truly fulfilled. I you know, had a company car, mm-hmm. uh, you know, phone, everything. Yeah. Bonus structure for a young kid. It was... You're making it. It sounds like the dream, right? Making it. Yeah, you're making it. But I would go home at night and I just, I wasn't excited to go in the next day. So I did a lot of self-reflection and actually... I remember the exact day I was at work and I was reading this blog post by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. I really vibed with it. Yeah. So you know, I immediately bought all three of his books nice. and I read the four hour work week and I think I resigned two weeks after that. Wow. Because something just kind of triggered me of, uh, there he had one example or metaphor, this mm-hmm. uh, fat man in the red convertible. Yeah. And so it's, you know, all these people that, you know, have a pretty good job and they get to their midlife and they have, you know, a BMW and really nice house, but they're not happy and they're not fulfilled. I didn't want to be that person. I also really want to travel and have a lot of flexibility. And I wanted to tap into my creative outlet. Like I, I love being creative and, yeah. and I, and I wasn't being on a day to day basis. So I thought, you know, what can I do? Uh, what am I naturally kind of good at? And the answer was writing for me. So 
started doing a lot of traveling. I went to India, um, you know, Bali, Thailand, and, and throughout that entire time, I was trying to take on some of my own clients, mm-hmm. set up my first little business, and yeah. I remember the first article, I got paid $5 to write it, and I was so stoked, like <laughs> someone wanted to pay me to write something, <laughs> Yeah, and I just built from there. Every client I got, I just, you know, up my price, up my price, and then eventually, um, one of the agencies that I was freelancing for, mm-hmm. they asked if I wanted to come on full-time, that was actually here in Kelowna, Wicked. so my girlfriend and I, we moved out to Kelowna, started to understand the agency world a little bit, met some really cool people in Kelowna. And, you know, fast forward a little bit, uh, started an agency with a couple of friends, uh, built my own coaching and consulting company here. Right. And then more recently, I've partnered with um, one of the more successful digital marketing companies here called Straw House. Yeah. And uh, they have a couple of different companies underneath their umbrella, but essentially I'm working with uh, one of their subsidiaries called CPG Labs, mm-hmm. and they produce consumer good products um, and sell them with digital marketing. Cool. Man, that's that's a lot. That's yeah, like that's, that's a, Yeah. Um so how old are you now? That's uh, twenty nine. Oh yeah, so still really, really young too. So that's crazy to have all that sales and uh, especially like customer service background too and then to jump right into the creative field and to do uh, yeah, like copywriting and stuff like that right out the gate. That's awesome. Yeah. Um so I think the one thing that I resonated with you right away too is the fact that you really, really want to um, have that freedom aspect to your life and like to your job and like even to how you create things as well. Um, obviously, there's I'm sure guidelines and stuff you have to follow, but for the most part, you're not under the whip and crack of somebody else and like this is you have to get this done today all the day, all t- all the time, um, and go about it that way. How did you kind of find a balance of? Um, or sorry, actually, I want to ask a different question because I was thinking about this today in the car. Um, there's a lot of inaction in people and there's a lot of time where people are like, oh, I feel like I'm an imposter or I shouldn't be here. Or like they want to make the change as to like quitting their old job and going into something new. Um, when you left your marketing and sales and uh, customer service job uh, to go and go into like freelance writing and stuff like that, was there a certain decision or like a certain point that made you switch in your mind you're like oh i actually have to do this like it's not really a dream anymore it's like a decision um was there like any certain moment or like realization that you had going into that if that makes sense yeah um so the two distinct moments was uh, me sitting in my office you know i had this big giant office and uh, this uh, office building in just north of toronto as a young kid you know just looking around everything that someone would hope for at a business school yeah. and being bored and reading this blog post by Tim Ferriss. So obviously I was procrastinating a little right. bit. Yeah. Whatever. It's okay, man, taking a little bit of a break. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. And then, um, I think the biggest thing for me was, uh, and I can definitely give Tim Ferriss like so much credit here because he gave me a framework. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the exercises in the four work week, it shows, you know, how to plan, um, and to achieve, the the larger dreams that you want and kind of backtrack and it shows you don't need as much money Mm -hmm. as you think you do or you don't need as much time and a lot of Tim's examples or suggestions they would um, push you forward into action yeah so he's saying okay that's you see your goal is to own a Porsche Mm -hmm. 911 Turbo uh, which is one of my less important goals but a goal nevertheless yeah absolutely and you backtrack that it's like okay well how much does that cost per month Mm -hmm. like okay I need to make this much per month uh, what skills do I have that I can earn that money? Backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. And then you finally break it down to the most simple action that you can take. 
and say, before you get up from that session, before you physically get up, take that first action. Whether it's just like sending an email, making a phone call, it doesn't matter. Make a phone call, someone doesn't answer, leave a voicemail. If you're sitting there like, I don't know what the email is, just make an introduction. Just start something. And I feel like that's that's the biggest secret to um, going from a state of inaction to action is having just the smallest little piece of, uh, you know, just, just anything to build momentum. Right. It, it gives you so much encouragement, I think. Yeah. Me, anyways. I know. I 100% agree. I've read a lot of Tim Ferriss' stuff, and I actually have the four-hour work, four work week. I just gave it away for somebody else to read. And then um, I also have his uh, Tribe of Mentors. I think there's one other book that I have, too. Um, and the Tribe of Mentors one is really interesting, too. Because, yeah, he sets up those frameworks very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that makes sense with what you're saying, too. Like, you have this opportunity. Like, everybody right now, um, like, even listening to the podcast or watching and uh, being on social media, even if you're on Instagram watching this little section, um, there's so much opportunity just to do your own thing and to really, like, create your own craft with it too endless opportunity endless and i just like i i see so many people who um who really enjoy the job that they work in or whatever and they're stuck in this like like nine to five but it's not really the nine to five that they hate it's just the framework of it like they have to be into work every day or they have like a salary cap and like that's all they think they can do so they're always playing with a certain amount i think um with what you're saying too and with what tim is uh kind of pushing people towards is that you can still do all that, but you can also have a little bit of time at the end of the day where you're reaching out to bigger companies, or maybe you're wanting to do um, like film or photography for a company, and you're like, "Hey, could I just do this for free?" Or like, "Would you have an opportunity to do it for free?" Because yeah, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I started off doing free work, and that's how I got a lot of the connections I have now, and like how I actually built a business out of it. Because I was like, "Would people pay for this?" And at first, people were like, ah, "I don't really want to," and then I did enough, and they were like, "Okay, cool, yeah, I'll pay you." And like the first project. Um, well, the second project I actually got paid for, I didn't even ask for payment. He just like handed me 200 bucks at the end of the day. That's the best feeling in the world. I was like, holy shit, I was going <laughs> to charge you like 50. <laughs> this is way better. Um, and yeah, and he's like one of my long-term clients now. Uh, and I think it's so incredible to just be able to take that first step. Um, but do you, so going back to uh, what you were saying, do you think it was um, a little bit easier to have a framework of which you understood things from and then take the action? Or are you just kind of the person who jumps in headfirst all the time? Well, I think I jump in headfirst now yeah. that I've made a couple of big changes like that in my life. But at first, um, and I can sympathize with so many people that haven't taken that action, it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. And I think that I've, I'm not saying Tim Ferriss is the BL end all. He's mm-hmm. an amazing guy. But he just really resonated with me. Yeah. The way he communicates his story, it really, it just, you know, it spoke to me. And I think everyone has a different person like that right you just have to find it um so someone that might be like Brene Brown mm-hmm. right um you know another person they hear Gary V and one person they just like they take action that day yeah another person listens to Gary V like oh this guy's so arrogant yeah. he's a lot you know loud mouth yeah. yeah like so I think you just have to find a framework that matches up with your personality and at least that helped you take the first step anyways I think so too, especially when you see somebody else or you see somebody that you respect uh, actually going forward with it and being able to um, not only take that action, but see yourself walking a similar path as them. I think that really helps as well. Um, and that really helped me uh, going into like film and photography full time because um, I used to grow up watching people like Freddie W, um, which is now like Rocket Jump, um, like Corridor Digital and all these like really small production places that were 
um, starting off on YouTube just promoting like fun videos, and then all of a sudden they were shooting big videos for like Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft and EB Game or sorry not EB Games um, like EA and uh, yeah they were just doing like incredible things. Yeah. Um, and that was before esports was big, and like before like gaming was still big, but it wasn't that big yet. Um, and I was like, man, I could do that. Like that's like they're not doing anything crazy. Like some of the stuff they were doing near the end was incredible with the visual effects, but for the first part, like they were just putting out videos, and then people liked those videos, and then they just reached out to bigger companies, or companies reached out to them, and were like, yo, would you would you want to do something? Like I think we could work together. Yeah. And I think that's really incredible. Um, but it's always the hardest part to take that first step. Another thing I'll say, too, is that something that really helps me out is when Tim Ferriss talks about his early beginnings. Yeah. He's, like, driving around in, a, like, a shitty minivan yeah. in L.A., I think it was. 100%. Or even, um, you know, Tony Robbins is another person that I follow quite a bit. And him talking about he had an apartment in Venice Beach and, uh, you know, had $40 to his name and he was overweight yeah. and depressed. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I find it helpful to dive into those stories because you can kind of relate to, like, Anyone that's had a crazy amount of success, they've mm. also experienced the other side. Yeah, almost all of them, I yeah. would say. I think I think that's like w- why they're so successful. Is um, like yeah, d- I was listening to a talk from Dwayne the Rock Johnson too, and he was saying something similar. He was like, I had um, like he was originally drafted in the CFL, played for the Calgary Stampeders, um, and then got cut and was like driving back to his dad's place to go and live with his mom and dad, and he had like five dollars to his name, and so he started a production company later in life called Five Bucks. And he, that's just like the, his mentality of it. And I think it's really, really important. Um, do you kind of have like a story that's a little bit uh, like, do you have some scar tissue or do you have like a rough upcoming um, <laughs> story that you can kind of share? Cause uh, yeah, like, yeah, that, like kind of motivates you too. like, you don't just have to tell me a, a sad story or anything like that, no, but totally. like um, almost like a motivating story as well. Like uh, coming from the dirt and like, that's something that pushes you or that reminds you to continue doing this. Yeah, I would say in my childhood there was definitely some ups and downs, um, but there's also so many people that had it worse than me. Oh, for sure. Um, We're not talking about them right now. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think that some of my adversity earlier in my childhood, like, for example, I, I was nine years old and mm-hmm. my mom passed away. Oh. And um, so I tell so many people that story and they're like, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but she was actually in a lot of pain uh, and then you know, she was no longer in pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that moment, I grew up so fast, yeah. and it's been one of the reasons why I've, I think I found success. So it's funny that, you know, a moment that could have been, like, the worst, lowest moment in someone's life, Yeah. Um, I think, actually, for both of us, it was actually such a beneficial thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, and, you know, like, my grandparents on, on both of my, on my dad's side and my mom's side, um, they were just very hardworking people, mm-hmm. but they were not entrepreneurial yeah. by any means. Uh, and then same with my parents, just, you know, very, very hardworking, took care of the family. Mm-hmm. And um, for whatever reason, and, and it could have been, you know, losing a parent early in life or um, I had a lot of you know, transitions. I think I lived in like, I don't know, five or six different houses wow. by the age of 15. Oh, wow. And I just That's knew cool. that I didn't want to live a normal life. Yeah. And so that spurred me to think in a, you know, an uncommon way. Yeah. And I was always trying to figure out, you know, how can I be successful and also travel? Or I just knew I didn't want to follow the traditional blueprint. And I right. think I always fought against it. Yeah. Even like later in school, just seeing the normal path that was laid out for me, mm-hmm. it, it never really resonated with me. It didn't excite me. So that made me search for other alternatives. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think that's really important too. Um, so yeah, my parents were divorced when I was super young, like two two years old or something. Um, and I had a stepdad that came in, and he was straight out of uh, like correction facility. So everything oh, yeah. he, very he strict. yeah, it was very strict. And my mom is the opposite. She's like she's uh, she's very strict too. Um, but she guilts me into doing things and makes me feel bad if I don't. Yeah. Um, whereas he's just like, if you don't do this, like you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Um, but I think that like really also helped me grow up really quick. Cause like I didn't have that traditional kind of family layout similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also spent, are you, are you an only child by chance? Uh, no. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm an only child. So I spent a lot of time by myself and like a lot of time kind of like thinking about my things and like what I want to do, but also like what people are doing, all that fun stuff. And the, the biggest thing that I found is that um, going into, like growing up, I was always, uh, after junior high, I was just a terrible student. Like I just didn't really like school. Um, and it was just like, everyone was like, yeah, well you have to get a job. You're gonna have to go into university. Like yeah. you're really gonna have to push yourself to get through that. Otherwise you're just not, never gonna have a job. Or like you're gonna end up working at, in the oil rigs in Alberta or like <laughs> um, just like something ridiculous like that. And I, I think honestly with my personality too, like that, that actually helped. I was like, no, fuck you guys. Like, exactly. I, yeah. I, I'm going to go and figure something out. And then I'm going to show you that it actually works in a few years and that you can do it too. Um, and I think that's really the, the, like the biggest thing that propelled me. Cause yeah, I grew up really fast too. Like I had to take on a lot of responsibility and like my mom and all my parents were, um, really hardworking. But like, aside from like my grandma was a nurse, my grandpa was a cop, my uncle was a cop. Um, and then my, my other uncle was a truck driver, but he would do like crazy long shifts. And then, um, my mom works at, uh, Air Canada and she does a lot of, uh, customer service, but like problem solving and stuff. So by nature, I was like, well, I want to solve people's problems. I want to feel like I'm helping people, right. but I don't want to go to school for 10 years and then come out and be like, okay, now I can help you cause I have a piece of paper. Um, I felt like I could do that when I was really, really just coming up. Uh, and I kind of think that. I feel like I really, really feel like that's kind of the same way that you take on all, like even when we were having that conversation in Starbucks the other day, you were just like, well, well maybe this is how I can help you. And we started talking about the uncommon business and like the production side of it. Um, and that was actually like incredibly helpful. Like I really, really appreciate you doing that. Yeah. Um, Cause you gave me like a, a consulting session. I don't even know if you or I planned to do it, but it's just <laughs> kind of like how it went down. And um, I took those notes and I just like went back and we did them right away. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you like, is there like, aside from the motivate, like for, for me, I guess that what I was trying to say in that huge rambling is that uh, the motivation for me is to help people, but it's also to show that you can do things um, in a very unique or uncommon way. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily follow a traditional path. Like there's lots of paths that you can take. Is there like, what is your motivation going into it and like kind of going through life? Cause you're still so young, 29, mm-hmm. like you still have a lot of time, but you're, you're very, you're very focused and you're like very forward thinking. So, um, yeah, talk a little bit about your motivation and like why you want to help people or if you want to help people. Yeah. Well, that's, first of all, it's cool that I appear focused, um, because <laughs> like, I feel like I have a million different things going on in my head, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, actually my, my motivation at the deepest level is to help other people. And it's, it's actually funny before I thought about business, I actually wanted to be a firefighter or a police officer. Wow. Um, and I have this one memory, we were driving, I used to live in Ontario, we were driving to Toronto, and there was an accident that just happened on the highway. Um, and so you could see people in the car, and it was on the other side, and uh, yeah, it was this weird, really weird moment, like I just wanted so badly to go out and, and help those people, yeah. and we were just kind of driving on the other side, and that moment really stuck with me, and um, I have this color deficiency it's not I'm not like red green colorblind but right. almost yeah 
And for that reason, I was a little unsure. I was like, oh, could I actually pass the test to be a firefighter or a cop yeah. because you need to take those? And so that opened my mind to business, and that was actually one of the biggest blessings, I think, because yeah. uh, the way that I'm thinking about it now is that if I have a, a business, especially in, in the content realm, yeah. then I can reach more people, my message can reach more people, I can help more people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of been my guiding force, and then uh, it was two and a half years ago or so, um, both my dad and myself went to a Tony Robbins event. Nice. And um, you know, I, a lot of people have a different perspective on on Tony Robbins some good some bad mm -hmm. but at the end of the day everyone that was at the event and the message that he was um, conveying was you know you can strive to be successful but we do that so we can help other people yeah we can serve other people and so I really resonated with that and that's kind of my my guiding force now the, the thing that I resonate the most with is probably when I'm coaching someone right and um, actually that goes back to you know rough rough moments in your childhood because um, I have a younger brother and sister nice. and early on because my parents were working so much I had to watch them all the time babysit them and yeah you know as a 13 year old you're just like it's not the greatest thing all your friends <laughs> are you know going out screwing around and playing around and yeah. you have to babysit and but I think you know again that turned out to be one of the biggest blessings so I'm always trying to you know teach people and guide other people um so yeah, that's just another uh, point that if you have some story in your past of something like bad happened to you or yeah. some rough time, it's, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to you. If you haven't realized that yet, you should yeah. really explore it yeah. because there's so much value there. Yeah, and you just have to reframe it in a different way. Like totally. it may have been a really shitty situation in one sense of the version, but in essence, like you get to be a lot more responsible and now going into like a business or running a business or even starting your own consult, uh, consulting um, agency is like, it's not as much stress because you're like, oh, I've, I've had to be responsible my whole life. Like I've had to already take care of two younger siblings most of my life. Like yeah. I've already had that experience of working with people and like going into that customer service realm. And so I'm not, I'm not as intimidated with it. But you may not have had that uh, if your mother didn't pass away and if you weren't like next in line for that responsibility in a sense, right? Um, I think that's really, really good too. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in this age that we're in right now where Instagram is a story, or sorry, a fairy tale. I really like that quote from uh, mine, one of the guests that we had on before. Yeah. Um, he said that Instagram is a big fairy tale and uh, like so is TikTok and a few other things. But Instagram being the big one right now, in the sense that if people don't like your stuff, they'll just keep scrolling. Like, they're not going to like it. They're not going to leave a comment like, I hate this. This is disgusting. Why Why did you ever start in this? Um, they're just going to just gonna leave it and keep scrolling. And you're only going to get positive feedback. And I think there's really something to be said about negative feedback and, um, like, critique. Whether it's it's right off somebody's mouth or it's just, like, really, really harsh. Somebody on the street's like, ah, that looks stupid. Like, <laughs> like it really, for me at least, it, like, really pushes me forward. Um so do you find that like going um, forward in your own life and like with your professional career and also like your creative career, do you um, do you thrive off of like positive feedback more or like negative feedback or is it just like you're in the state where you're very um, you're very like comfortable and you're like I don't really care what people say like I if I feel like I'm helping then uh, I'm like I'm on the right path. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I. Um myself prefer a good mix yeah because it's it's always awesome i think for anyone to have a sounding board of even if you know you're doing a good job right 
it's great just to hear that from other people. And I think, cause I, I think true. we both have a desire to help other people. Yeah. It's really good to have that feedback loop to mm-hmm. say, Hey, like I saw your post the other day and I actually you know, did something. Yeah. That makes me feel so good. I think same. like that's what I work for those little moments. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, um, I know that I need other people's feedback because right. I've tried to do things solely on my own before. Yeah. And it, for me, it hasn't worked. I've yeah. always needed someone else to course correct me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people are, are awesome at being a lone wolf and just going out there and, you know, head Get down and I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not that person. Sure. Uh, and I have, I can attribute almost every success that I've had, especially in the past couple of years in my professional mm-hmm. life from other people giving me feedback. Yeah, I feel that. I'm, I'm very, very much the same. I really like people's admiration and like their, yeah, I'd say like their admiration not in the sense of like, oh my God, you're so amazing at your job, but just like, yeah, I, I read that post and like I actually did something. Um, like the other day, I did a little, I did a little, uh, I give away a bunch of books on my, uh, just on my Instagram, uh, books that I've read and that I just didn't, that were just sitting there. Uh, and I actually had like five or six people reach out to me and be like, no, I want to read that book. And then, um, yeah, like they were really thankful that I just gave them this book. And I'm like, man, like that's really surprising. Like even if you read it, you don't read it. The fact that like you actually went and took action is just like, it was really rewarding to me. Um, but on the second half, um, I'm very like independent in how I do everything, like doing interviews and stuff like that one-on-one, running the whole camera setup by myself is relatively simple and like easy to me. And I don't really stress on it too much. Um, but it's on the back end that I really need help. It's like, is this actually good? Like, do you think this works together? Like, do you, do you like this or do you not like this? Uh, and it's been really hard to find people who are like authentic in giving back, uh, feedback. Do you have like a circle of people that kind of uh, that you go to um, that give you like authentic feedback, not just necessarily like 100 percent positive or like 100 percent negative, um, but like a little bit of a, the mix or anything like that? Yeah, I have a couple friends that will be so amazingly supportive, but they'll also be brutally honest if yeah. I ask them. Yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind, uh, who I think you maybe you met him at that meetup potentially is Cam Schreiner. Yeah, I know Cam. Yeah. He, he is amazing because he thrives on, he's always looking for feedback himself. Yeah. And then if I show him something, he'll tell me everything that's amazing. And then he'll always give me a couple suggestions. And mm-hmm. I try and do that for people as well now too. Yeah. Because if, you know, anything that we do, there's always some little room for improvement. Oh, for sure. And it, it doesn't really help someone to say, you know, every time you see something, oh, it's amazing. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that too <laughs> because like, for sure, highlight what's, what's amazing about it yeah but always give them a little thread to pull on and mm-hmm. how they can improve because yeah. uh, you know another quote I think it's from a Tony Robbins realm is if you're not growing if something's not growing it's dying right. so we always need to advance we always need to grow or else we're gonna lose that motivation to create and do 100% um, I think that's really important too is the fact that people just don't say oh this is perfect like what about it is perfect? Like yeah. the whole thing, like from yeah. start to finish, like, or do you just like this one section here and you really think that's perfect and then everything else is, doesn't matter how bad it was, that was the one section. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really awesome that, that Cam uh, does that for you because um, I have one buddy, Jake, right now who helps with uh, the whole back end and um, is part of the Uncommon business now. And uh, he was like, uh, he's one of my go-to guys just for like things that he really doesn't like because he will be really skeptical at first and be like, and not even like cynical in a way. He'll just tell you the things he doesn't like first. Mm-hmm. And then um, he'll be like, but I, I like these two things. Or I like this. And you're like, 
okay, cool, okay, it wasn't all something. bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I have a lot of friends and a lot of people, uh, and even my girlfriend does this, and I'll, I'll show her stuff, and she'll be like, wow, I really liked it. And I was like, yeah, and <laughs> is there anything you didn't like? Well, maybe I got to watch it again. And it's just like, okay, cool. But when I was going through film school, I had a really good teacher, and the one big piece of advice that he gave me um, that you exactly just said is uh, with, with how Cam does it. You, you say a few things that you really like, and then you say some things that you don't like or that you think could be improved. Mm -hmm. Because that makes the person, one, feel good because they're on the right track. Like, yes, you're doing a lot of good things right, so you're not all bad. But if you did these two things, it might make it a little bit better or it might make it a little bit more interesting. And I think that's really where you have to gain a lot of influence and stuff like that. And I mean, like, people like Gary Vee say it all the time, and um, I'm, I'm sure, like, I think Jim Rohn does and, like, Tony Robbins, I'm sure, has said it. It's like the people who you surround yourself with are the people that you're most likely to be with and like be like, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be around people who give you like, um, who like boost you up and things like that, it's hard to find. But once you get there, it's like, it's a really, really good circle to have. Yeah. Um, and a really, really nice feedback circle too. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's, let's change gears just a little bit. Uh, I want to talk a lot or a little bit more about your uh, creative side and, and going into that because going from... Um, like sales and marketing and customer service into being creative is like a whole other thing. Like trying to run this uncommon client service business sometimes is just like a big headache because I'm doing everything. Um, and a lot of the time I take on the role of like customer service too because I just I just like it and I like when people are happy at the end of the day. Right. If they're not happy with my service, then I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, going into the creative side, like how do you... Do you find that you can mesh like those two, like the sales, marketing, and customer service, and do you think it helps, or do you think it kind of um, hinders your like creative process? And, and talk a little bit about that. If you yeah, can. so I'll talk about the transition a little bit first. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Yeah, no, go nuts. Um, so, yeah, and even before I worked at that manufacturing company, right. I used to work at CIBC. Okay, cool. um, as, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, as like a, a teller, so that's, yeah. you know, ultimate customer service. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but banking is not overly creative. Mm -hmm. um, maybe some accountants would argue with me, yeah. but, and then I worked for this manufacturing company, and again, amazing experience, but our company manufactured steel doors and frames. Yeah. So. Not overly creative. This not, is yeah. <laughs> so how did I go from that to, uh, you know, being a copywriter, or you know, now I'm getting into photography and a little bit of design, and yeah, how did that even happen? Growing up, um, I didn't really love doing schoolwork, but I always loved to read yeah. so much, and so I was always reading a different type of fiction book, and I'd go through these giant series. Um, one of the the first series that actually impacted me a lot it sounds funny now but it was harry potter yeah um and i actually i was just obsessed with how she developed her characters mm, and yeah. how i developed an emotional connection to the um, environments that she constructed essentially right. in my head yeah and so that skill of storytelling helped me so much throughout school I think it's probably the sole reason that I got through university because I could just, yeah. you know, bullshit anything. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. It's a, and, it's a superpower. And I'm not saying uh, my, you know, what I do in sales is bullshitting, mm -hmm. but it's it's storytelling. It is. Right? And yeah. if you can captivate someone with a story, um, you know, they're going to be agreeable to what you're trying to sell. Yeah. And so I think that was the thread that I used to love to read fiction. Mm -hmm. um, that, that skill... 
of, of caring about those little details and about the words she was using and telling a story that kind of carried over into customer service into sales mm -hmm. and then eventually that was the thing they said well, okay well what am I good at what do I enjoy I love creative writing I love to read fiction right. and so I think that was the bridge for me now another thing that you kind of reference is do the do they help each other mm -hmm. you know being good at sales customer service so you know being creative I know endless amounts of creatives that are so talented and they will be starving artists oh, for the rest of their life Same. You know, if they yeah. don't make a change. Um, so I think it is so important to have confidence in yourself and mm -hmm. be able to storytell your creations uh, to other people so that you can earn a living from it. Yeah. And the thing that creatives need to realize is that the more money that you can earn from what you're creating, the more you can create and the more people you can reach and impact and exactly. influence. So, and then vice versa. I think if you're in a sales role or you're in customer service, the people that will thrive mm -hmm. are the ones that can come up with creative solutions. They can 100%. think outside of the box. Yeah. Um, just thinking about, you know, in sales, the way that I always approach sales calls or sales meetings, it would always be completely different. Mm -hmm. And I would always try and find a way to make them laugh or yeah. give them a gift. And yeah, that was that creative element leaking in. So I think that if someone was on a trajectory where they're just hyper-focusing in this one area, it's, it's awesome to be focused and yeah. um, driven. Mm -hmm. But for me, I've had so much success in having strengths in different areas of my life and my personality that really support each other. Right. Yeah. And I think that's 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 so key. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know a lot that like going through school, there were so many people who uh, were creative and like I was... Uh, Man, what's, what's going on? <laughs> um, that were so creative and that were really like wanting to pursue like design or filmmaking or photography specifically. A lot of photographers specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, they didn't know how to sell. Like it was just they didn't know how to sell themselves. They didn't know how to storytell and they, they could do it for somebody else. No problem. Like yeah. you gave them a client with like a small budget and they would just do an amazing job. But they never knew how to get to that point. Um, and I think that's that's the hardest point to get to for a lot of people um, is that and that's like something that I think you and I have a little bit easier of a time doing because uh, I mean like I worked in EB games and I did sales and it wasn't like go out and you talk to people all the time but it was very passive so people would come in and you try and sell them on a game or like buying a game or help them out or whatever uh, but a lot of the time too it was just like upselling things on the back end and that's really where I learned all my sales skills is like how to how to story tell to somebody like so, for example, you'd have these games. You you buy a gameplay guarantee. It was two bucks. Two bucks for uh, a used, and then three bucks for new um, for a new video game. Back when everybody used discs, <laughs> <laughs> and Xboxes used to like laser burn their discs and destroy Archaic them. Technology back in the days. Yeah. Uh, and so, what people used to do is uh, they used to come in, especially moms and even like professional gamers uh, would come in, and they would always knew that was like the first question people would ask them is like. Do you want the gameplay guarantee? Um, and they're always like, no, 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 I don't want it. So what I would do is I would like take the disc out, especially if it was used, and I'd be like, oh, wow, that's pretty Throw nice. <laughs> <laughs> this could be you if, this, if you did this. Uh, and I'd just be like, yeah, so this is like a really, really nice copy. Actually, you got really lucky with it. A lot of people bring them back scratched. Just kind of leave it there for a sec. Yeah, and then, just let that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just let them kind of, yeah. And then come back to it and be like, yeah, so uh, if you actually don't want your like $80 or $50 new game to scratch, like you could purchase this $3 guarantee. And then even if you don't, like even if you don't use it in the next year, just come back, get a brand new game for three bucks. Like why not? Yeah. And like people were starting to, it was just a whole different aspect. And then I, I was like the first 
the first three weeks I was there, uh, my boss called me after I went home one day. I thought I was going to get fired. Like, I thought he was just going to yell at me for something. And he was like, yeah, so you beat my sales. Like, you beat my sales in uh, gameplay guarantees and overall in, like, um, product pushed. Or no, yeah, product pushed. And I was only part-time and he was full-time. Wow. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Like, fuck you, but like, good job, <laughs> keep going. And like, so it was, it was always, it was, it was kind of fun. Um, but that was really when I learned to storytell. And that's kind of like the creative aspect too. Yeah. Uh, is you'd go to a business. And even if when I was starting to find businesses uh, on Instagram, specifically to DM and ask if they needed video and photo services, um, I would look at their page and see what they would like or like maybe something they would like to do. I'd go shoot that exact thing. And then I would um, I basically uh, send it to them and be like, hey, so I shot this inspired by you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa. Yeah, like, blown away probably. Yeah, like, whoa, you're inspired by this and this is like all the work you did. And and then it just started to reframe everything uh, with the whole, like the way you would give gifts to people. I would like try and give uh, like photos or like a video sample away to somebody and be like, this is what we could do if you wanted to work together. And it just changed everybody's mindset into it. All of a sudden you're not trying to sell a service or a product and you're not trying to make money. You're trying to help them and you're trying to storytell for them. Yeah. And it just like makes a huge difference. Um, is there any like specific steps or anything that you kind of did to help bridge you or help bridge those gaps and like make the transition to freelancing a little bit easier? Like, even like routines or like practical things too. Yeah. So it uh, can be being completely honest. The transition wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back on it, it's, there was a lot of struggles and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I just, yeah. You know, I still know what I'm doing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quit this quote unquote amazing job. Yeah. And I, I remember sitting at home being like, okay, I need to make a website for my business. So I was like, how do I buy a domain? Like, I didn't, I literally knew nothing. Yeah. And so yeah, first of all, it's, it's, it's just, I think it's so valuable to go through that process of almost fighting against the current because that's where you figure out where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And like you're saying before, you can fill that gap by asking other people, like you said, on the back end, you might need some help with that. And the sooner you can realize that, the better, um, in regards to, you know, tools or techniques or something, Mm -hmm. one thing that really helped me a lot and I'm not always perfect with it, but my morning and evening routines, Mm -hmm. If I'm doing that consistently, I I knock out of the park. Whatever I'm doing, wow. um, and it's funny that I say that out loud. Like I should just always do it. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> life gets in the way, and humans are imperfect. Yeah, and so, but that usually consists of meditation, a little reading, a little writing, you know, journaling, and some sort of movement of some kind. Whether it's you know, go for a run or even just go for a walk. Do yeah. Even do ten push-ups. You know, it's something. And yeah, for me, that was this you know, daily reminder that I wanted to grow and be better, I right. think. Man, I think that's so key. There's been, um, I love to, I've always been like a self-improvement geek and nerd and stuff. I've, I've hated fiction, to be honest. I hate fiction. I love movies. I hate fiction. I will never read a book. Like, that's based on fiction. I did it way too much when I was a kid and just thought it was boring. Yeah. Um, I also thought my own mind was a lot more interesting than a lot of what I was reading. So, like, halfway through, I would be like, oh, this is probably going to what happens. And then it would exactly be like that. So, it's like, nice. I'm not going to read this ever again. (laughs) Um, And the one thing that that really helped me was when I started looking into uh, people like Tim Ferriss and stuff like that and finding, like, a morning routine or finding, uh, like, an actual structured routine that I could uh, start to, like, incorporate into my life. And um, for me, when I first started to really like uh, be super consistent and knock it out of the park, 
um, was when I would go to the gym regularly uh, every morning. And I also had like a little morning routine. So I would like, I wouldn't meditate, but I would do a form of it. So I'd like have a cup of coffee and then uh, I would either listen to like an audiobook or a podcast. And then I would just like sit and just like look at, like, especially in Kelowna, coming from Alberta, it's not as beautiful. Like, it's very beautiful in Alberta, but where I'm from, it's very flat everywhere. <laughs> so, like, you look at a look, like, from a lookout, and it, it's nice, but if you're not at a lookout, it's just flat everywhere, and it's houses. Uh, and when I came to Kelowna, I, I like, was mesmerized by the beauty of it. Um, and so I would purposely take longer to, uh, or leave earlier to get to school and take a long time to get to school because I lived in Rutland at the time, so I'd have to drive downtown um, or almost to downtown towards the landmark buildings. Uh, so I'd get to see like beautiful mountains, usually mist on those mountains because it was early enough. Uh, and then there was really nobody out that early. And uh, I would get to sometimes see the sunrise in the winters and stuff like that. Uh, and it just kind of like reframed everything for me as mm-hmm. well. Um, so with your journaling and stuff, do you, because uh, I'm just curious uh, for my own sake too, um, do you do like a specific type of journaling or journaling? Um, or do you like follow like, uh, like a, almost like a brain dump journaling? So you just like set a timer for like ten minutes and then and just kind of write and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I did that for my writing class and I really loved it. And I'm just starting to incorporate that back in now. Um, I'm kind of curious about your journaling process too. Yeah, there's a couple of different formats that I use for journaling. Mm-hmm. One that I really enjoy. I haven't done it in a while, but I really enjoy it when I do it. It's called Morning Pages. Okay. Um, there's this book. I think it's called. It might be the artist's way, something like that. But yeah. essentially, you just sit down and you just write two pages. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you write. And you don't stop to think about it. You just write. Right. Just whatever's in your head, you put it on paper. Uh, another format that I use more frequently is that whatever I'm thinking about that morning, I just start to explore it. So um, here's how I'm feeling this morning. Yeah. And then I probably lead into um, you know, a couple of key things that happened yesterday, what right. I might have learned from it. And then I would filter into planning out, okay, well, here's a couple of things I want to accomplish today. Yeah. And then you're just almost kind of talking yourself through that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, for example, you know, I have this presentation today, and then, um, you know, after that, I'm going to make sure that I get to the gym. Right. And then I might expand on, you know, this is why I want to go to the gym. This is the commitment that I've made. Mm-hmm. And also this presentation, I'm excited about these elements. So yeah. it's really just talking to yourself but I think it's it's almost a form of meditation for me so I'm taking all of these you know voices in my head and just <laughs> getting them out on paper yeah. and it's almost like once you go through that process um it's your mind is is clear yeah yeah it is it's very like it's clear but it's also kind of just free to think about the things that you actually have to do that day mm-hmm. it's like all of this stuff is um it's like for me, the way I think about it, it's like a computer. So you have a computer that's uh, your main hard drive um, in which boots up the computer is completely full. So like all these different programs, files, thoughts, ideas, games that you put on it. Um, and then what journaling does is like empty that into a different hard drive. So you still have it and you still realize it's there and you have access to it. Um, but your main like computer is not as slow and heavy and like right. bogged down. Yeah. I think that's really important. I love that analogy. Yeah. I, I just thought of it. It was really good though. Um, I think just because so many people and especially creatives and the one thing that uh, I notice even with myself, but a lot of people that come up to me, they're always like, how do you start? Or like, how do you get that confidence? Or like, how do you know you're doing something right? Or how 
is how do you know if this decision is the right decision at the time because in five years what if I'm not doing what I want to do and it goes back to what we were saying earlier and it kind of goes back to the journaling if you're not so obsessed with the past and like oh this is all the bad things that have happened to me and like this is where I really need to get into the future um, and you're more so just focused on the current state which is like that's what journaling allows you to do is focus on the current state and like your day-to-day uh, it's much easier to see where you're going and like kind mm-hmm. of the steps you need to take and yeah maybe shooting 15 videos in a day is what you need to do because then you have content for that whole month and then the rest of that month you can focus on networking and selling or whatever um, so those are the things that really help um, I also am really curious if there's anything else that you do uh, practically or even like mentally that kind of like get you out of uh, your own self-consciousness because I mean everyone's insecure about something for sure uh, and I'm not you don't have to tell me all your insecurities um, but I think uh, one of the things that people don't really talk about is how to get over those insecurities or like how they necessarily like deal with those insecurities because it's easy to say yeah just do it like jump in like Shia LaBeouf style just do it um, and I think it works for like a small population of people. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like I don't I think about it that way too but I'm much more of like, if it's physically just do it, I, I, I'll do it. Like I'm like, I, I trust myself and I trust my body. But like, if it's mentally just do it, like take like the hardest math class in high school. I just tried to do that and it didn't work. Yeah. And I really regretted it sometimes. <laughs> um, so is there anything that you kind of do or like you, you practice or um, maybe even like an idea or a person that you think of when uh, you're about to do something creative or a little bit outside of your comfort zone? Um, that helps you just like reframe it and be like, no, I can actually do this. Like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. I, I have a lot of mental self-talk going on where I'll kind of check myself. Right. So for example, I'm talking about insecurity. Say you're walking down the street mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's a group of people the same age as you and it looks like, you know, they're pretty cool hit people and they're just walking by and they don't even give you a second glance. They don't, they don't don't even acknowledge Don't make eye contact. They don't look at what you're wearing, nothing. They just walk past. And, uh, you know, in reality, like who cares at all? Yeah. But maybe for a split second, you're like, why didn't they, why didn't they acknowledge me? Like, am am I wearing the wrong clothes? Is my, is my posture weird? You know, am I a weird person? You know, everyone has these little split second thoughts. And so for me, the more work I've done, I probably with meditation being mindful, Mm -hmm. I'll try and catch myself and be like, oh, hey, ego. Like, why do you care so much about what they talk about? That doesn't really matter. That doesn't serve me. Yeah. Um, And so the more I practice that, the faster I can pull myself out. But um, I do think of specific people. And, you know, I I don't always successfully do this. Everyone has these moments where they forget their tools. But I almost have this little board of directors in my head of people that I look up to. Um, Is that from uh, Think and Grow Rich? It's very similar concept. Yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's really just people that I've consumed their content and mm-hmm. they've, they've changed my life. So yeah. a couple of their lessons will just pop up. So it'd probably be like, you know, Tim Ferriss or Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or something. Yeah. And, and in that moment, if I need one of those specific lessons, I might pull that out and kind of just, you know, remind myself of it. Right. But there's actually one huh. specific person, one author that I can highly recommend yeah. for mindset stuff is uh, Ryan Holiday. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so, actually. Okay, so he's wrote a couple books. One's called... Uh, the Obstacle is the Way, which I've is, heard of that. is a book that's changed my life. Uh, Ego is the Enemy, Perennial Seller. Um, yeah, you should 
you should check him out. He's amazing. And and his books is, is very much based in Stoic uh, philosophy. philosophy. Yeah. And so that that's probably my like my base base if I strip everything away, it's my base operating system. Yeah. Is is Stoic philosophy yeah, and, and, and then realizing that there's no good or bad. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you go in your past and you, and you look at these pivotal moments where you've you know broken through and you've made change, you found success, right. and you can trace it back to actually maybe a, a negative or a bad moment. Mm-hmm. You realize that any of these moments that are happening right now, like say this whole thing didn't record, yeah, right, and like oh that sucks so much. It's like well did it? Maybe we would re-record it and it would be twenty times better. Exactly. Right. Um, so that's just a, a thing that I remember too is if if I'm kind of having a mini freak out in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe this is actually a good thing. Yeah. Like, like one of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. And so I'll try and just, I'll have like a couple of these key quotes that if, uh, if I'm, you know, having a moment of anxiety or tension, I'll yeah. just pop that in my head and yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, especially like silencing the ego, silencing like your self-judgment. I think that's the hardest part people have to get over. Yeah. Um, and just like, yeah, the, the judgment that's cast on you by other people that you are close to as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's funny that you say stoicism. I really like stoicism. Um, I like I, I there was a point in my life where I was studying a bunch of different religions because my aunt uh, on my dad's side of the family is extremely religious. Um, she's a born again Christian, I believe, or I don't, I'm not even sure uh, the, the name for it, but. Um, she's always sending me like quotes about God and love and all this stuff and she's like you need to accept Jesus into your life and I'm like but isn't Jesus just a part of you so like if I accept myself is that not also accepting Jesus and like she's like she's just, yeah <laughs> it always throws her off and I'm, I'm not trying to say like oh step one for me over like everything yeah. you learn it's not about that because that would be again like the ego coming out and like flexing on people being like yeah I'm right this is the good uh, it's it's more so just the idea of like yeah everyone just has a different philosophy but if you can break it down into like a few simple things it's like all religions are their baseline the same like love yourself don't be an asshole to other people yeah and um, like don't cast judgment on people if you can help them and like help yourself too and I think that's like or sorry work on yourself mm-hmm. um, that's like the really really important thing too um, and that's also something uh, I read from Jordan Peterson uh, in his twelve rules for life book uh, it was kind of a dry read at some points but a lot of it was around the same stuff um it was all kind of that like self-improvement thing mm-hmm. and stuff like that um but i like the reframing of problems too i think for a lot of my life i used to be in this weird rut where I, especially going through school i was like i hate school everything i hate I, I hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it uh and then one one day i just got really tired of th- hating everything um so i was like well what kind of like what what things do i actually enjoy about about my day or like what kind of things do I actually enjoy about it and then when I reframed it I was like wow that's actually like I enjoy like this the sports aspect and like filming and like networking with people that's kind of cool and then when I came out of school and people always asked me uh when I was in college like oh is it worth it or like did you like high school I would always be like no I hated high school but it pushed me to go into college and it pushed me to go into something that most people weren't going into because mm-hmm. when I say I go to uh, I went to the center for arts and technology most people are like what <laughs> yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's like because it's a really small school, and but if I was to say, yeah, I went to UBCO, which is in the same city essentially, uh, people would be like, oh, that's super cool, or even like Okanagan College. Oh wow, yeah, that's really awesome, man. That's that's really cool. I went there too, and I knew I couldn't get into those. Like I, I probably could have cheesed my way into it, and like maybe got around it with my creative writing and like the kind of the way I do, I I sell myself, 
Um, but I just knew that I didn't want to because it was just something that I, I had already experienced and that I knew I didn't like. So I need to experience something completely different, which is like a really small learning environment. And with teachers who uh, were in the industry and that were like being paid to, to teach while they were working as well. And I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. You didn't go to a professor and get like 20 years of knowledge, but um, it was tw- it was 25 years ago that he was actually doing all this stuff. Yeah. And so that's that's something for me is like I needed to find people who are actually doing it. Um, and I think that's also, uh, something that helped me get out of my own head too, is with the whole ego and like, like, is this good enough? Should you actually be doing video? Cause I still have that all the time, especially at the end of the month when all the bills are due and all the money's supposed to be coming in and like clients aren't paying you or people aren't paying on time. It's like, man, should I really be doing this? Like, or should I just like get a different job? And the one idea that I always have, uh, that comes back to me is, what you spend your time on is what's going to grow. So if you spend your time on hating your job, you're going to just hate your job. If you spend your time on working at that job that just gives you a lot of money, you're going to have a lot more money. But if you work on something that you're generally interested in and generally passionate about, and not in the way that's the word passion is thrown around where it's like, oh, I'm so passionate about like 18 different things. Like it's like a burning desire. Like mm-hmm. if you're not doing this, like you're f- like you're physically sick. Yeah. Um, and like working on that side of it is like the most incredible part of doing any of this I think because like as much as I'm a filmmaker and I'm a photographer and I'm an editor I'm also a storyteller and I'm also somebody who really likes to interview people because I like to dive into the your life and like like even today I'm like man this is so interesting because like we're, we're so much more alike than I thought we were originally 100%. Um, and it's it's just it's cool because then you start to connect all of these elements of the human interaction with each other mm-hmm. and then when you go to storyteller you go to film or you go to do photos that's like well how about if we do it this way, I feel like it might reach a few more people, but it'll still be like unique in, in its own kind of sense of the message, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think is really, really important too. Is there a, is there like a certain message that you are trying to um, not push the people, but you're just trying to speak into existence? Um, and if there's not, like, is there a certain maybe goal that you're looking to achieve or something like that too? I know a message may be like a big question, but um, I'm always just curious if people like, uh, they have kind of like not a deeper motivation, but um, a motivation that's like very true and like very to the point, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I haven't figured out what that one line is of, of a message that I want to convey to people, but I know um, some of the emotions that I want them to experience. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I'm trying to help people do is uh, be fulfilled mm-hmm. and be excited or thrilled. Um, so one kind of like little phrase I played around with was uh, like uh, fulfilled and thrilled, right? Because yeah. so if you're fulfilled and you're doing what you actually love and you get excited on a daily basis, mm-hmm. I think if everyone can do that, the world's going to be an amazing place. Yeah. Um, and I just see so many people that are going through their day and they're either waiting for the weekend or they're waiting, oh, I'm going to get a you know a raise next year. And it's yeah. like, I keep like... I can't live my life waiting for these these timelines. Right. Um, you know, because one thing I learned early in life is that none of us have a guaranteed... Uh, that we'll wake up tomorrow. Exactly, right? So that's the biggest thing is if, if you can find ways to be fulfilled, find ways to get excited, and just be grateful for today, mm-hmm. um, you're winning. You know, like, yeah. that's, like, if, if I meet someone that's doing all those things and it sounds like you're going down that path, mm-hmm. I just, I wish that. For everyone that I come across. Yeah. I, 
That's awesome, man. I think that's like such a such an awesome thing to do. You don't meet a lot of people like that. It's it's like a very rare thing. So mm-hmm. you're like a very rare breed of person as well. Um, and going to the whole death thing is uh, when we did the um, when I did my car interview, uh, my t- taxi interview with Babin, um, Tyler Babin from uh, he used to work with Gary Vaynerchuk all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just started up his own podcast today, actually called Morning Coffee. That's uh, a really good episode if you if you like listening podcasts. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, yeah. giving you some self promotion. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't watch this, but that's okay. Um, but uh, when I met him and had the chance to go out and meet him, it was on a limb. Uh, I just DM'd him ram- randomly, and he was like, yeah, I'll be in Vancouver. And I was like, okay, well, I'm getting my ass to Vancouver then. Uh, we spent the day, and then at the end, I was really nervous. But I was like, okay, like, if I don't do this, like, it's going to be really bad for not only me, but, like, everybody else that would be like, so how was it when you met him? Like, did you learn anything cool? Like, I was like, man, like, I, I just got to capture this for more than just me. Um, and when we talked, he, he was like... Uh, I can't remember. I think it's on his, his forearm. And he was like, yeah, it says uh, Memento Memoria on it. And it was like the first tattoo he ever got or one of the first tattoos. And he said, I can't remember what it means um, off the top of my head now, but it's around the idea that um, each day is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And we all we all die. Like, we're going to yeah. die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it means. Yeah. Um, we're going to die. We all die one day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people are really scared to face is the idea of death like you one day you will die um and like whether you believe in afterlife or not it doesn't matter like you you leave this earth you leave the physical the the physical plane like you can no longer just write you can no longer take a photo and like have it stay there so like what are you going to do that's actually going to be worth your time now because if you work in a job for and this is what i saw in my parents too like my mom loves and hates her job uh and same with my stepdad too he loves and hates what he does he mostly loves what he does right now which is awesome um, but it's the idea like, oh, well, one day I'll, I won't have to worry about money, for example, or like, I won't have to worry about financials. So then I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if you retire, you, you're driving home and somebody hits you. And like, that's what happened to my uncle. He was working at, uh, in the RCMP and a drunk driver hit him and killed him when a really young age. I never yeah. met him. Um, and I'm named after him. My middle name is David after him. Um, and my mom used to tell me those stories all the time and like my grandparents and stuff like that, especially when we would have like big family dinners or Christmas and stuff like that. Uh, my grandpa's a lot more spiritual, uh, and like an old school kind of, I don't know if he's Christian or Catholic, but it doesn't really matter. Um, he's very into the Bible and God and all that stuff. Uh, but we, we'd have like family dinner and then he'd be, especially on like Thanksgiving or whichever. And he would be like, uh, and like, uh, I know David is watching over us or with us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so I always used to think about that. And I was like, man, like people go away, people die all the time. So mm-hmm. like, what, what do I want to leave as a legacy? And like, I think that's really important to think, uh, think about because it helps you become thrived and like enthusiastic for the day all of a sudden. It's like, oh, well shit. If I, if it's not just about hitting my sales targets, like it's also about like connecting with these people on a deeper level so that maybe I can help them for the next like 15 years. Like, yeah, man. That's, that's yeah. way better. Life's so much more about sales targets. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that, man. I yeah. feel that. Yeah. I, like, I just, like, if, you know, someone's watching this and they're, they're waiting to do something. Like, you, it's, it's so powerful to remember that you might just go to sleep tonight and just not wake up. Yeah. And at the same token, and I know we're both a fan of, you know, Gary and he pe- preaches patience. Yeah. And so it's finding that fine line of, like, I do have a long time, mm-hmm. probably, but also I might not wake up tomorrow. So being okay with not you know, have being ultra successful tomorrow, but just right. living in the present moment and being grateful for the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think that's really important. 
Um, I had a question. Oh, have you ever had, uh, have you had any near-death experiences by chance? Hmm. Uh, not near death. I've had a couple of, um, more serious injuries. Mm-hmm. So when I was really young, um, a large dog, like, bit me in the face. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been very easily just completely mangled. And, yeah. And who knows what my life would be like, but luckily, um, it wasn't that bad and I had some plastic surgery. And, and then when I was a little bit older, um, I actually slipped and fell on ice and hit my head, so just kind of normal Ooh. concussion type scenario, but yeah. um, it screwed up something with my inner ear, and for about two weeks, I had very intense vertigo um, symptoms of where I couldn't even get off the couch. Holy crap. And that was incredibly powerful to me, because I just became so grateful just for the opportunity to walk around my house, yeah. go outside, and it's like, you know, wow, like I can normally I could go for a run. Mm-hmm. I can do all these things and there's people that can't do that. And yeah. so, so that was, wasn't near death, but it was, um, it was very important to me to experience that. Yeah. I think, I think those are really good for reframing stuff too. Um, I like to edit in coffee shops, especially recently, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere that's kind of quiet, but I can kind of sit in the back and just like people watch. Um, and I was in Vancouver a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, and I was editing at one of the Starbucks there and uh, a bunch of people walking by and stuff like that. And a lot of people, I could just hear the conversations, they were complaining and not having a good day. And I was really stressed because I was like, I gotta get these videos done, all this stuff. Um, And then I saw this one guy and he was probably about like close to our age. Um, I'd say like 28, maybe 26. And uh, he was walking down the street with like a a cane. Like he was like hobbling down the street with like a walker. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And when I was in film school, we had a teacher who came and taught us uh, on location audio. So like boom audio and stuff like that. And he said uh, he worked in the film industry and, and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, a life expectancy is 55. And he just left that on the board that every day we would come in, and it would just be like 55 and it'd be circled in red pen. And I was like, man, like I got to find something else. Like this is like really intense because um, like for example, even this last week, I rolled my ankle really bad. Um, and like, I almost broke it, which I thankfully didn't, but it was very close. So the whole outside and top of my foot is now bruised and like swollen. Um, so I'm kind of like walking with a little bit of a, of a limp and not as fast as I, as I was. Um, but the other day I like ran after, tried to run after my dog and I like almost hurt it again. And I was like, holy shit, like there's a lot I can't do if I just like anything happens to me, like even small things, like I, I used to break my toes and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, that kind of hurts, but not a big deal. But it just like completely reframed it because I was like, well, if I can't pick up a camera, like that's, that's like 50% of my job gone. Like, mm-hmm. That's a lot. And then if I can't, uh, if I can't edit or if I can't, like if my, if I break my wrist and I can't actually move my fingers, like that's a lot more of my job gone. And so then I was just sitting there for a while. And when I was just icing my leg and I was like, man, like, I, like I need to like this is why I think the podcast is is doing good like this is why like I want to continue to talk to people because it's more than just like the the hard skills that you have but um, it's also remembering that like if you don't do this now like there's probably not going to be a better time to do it later on um, and I think that's really really important to remember too because I see a lot of um, and a lot of younger uh, I don't know I have like I don't know what it is because I'm only 23 like I'm not I'm not that I don't know that much but uh, I've just been through a lot of the uh, similar scenarios that uh, a lot of younger kids are going through right now um, with like very judgmental parents and like very guilt tripping parents and um, 
people who just don't understand really well, like what you want to do creatively mm-hmm. and like what you want to do at the end of the day. And so my advice always is just like, you, you should just do it and then see how you feel when you do it. Cause if you feel really good, you're going to come home and then you're, par- you're going to tell your parents. And even if they don't like it and you're like filled up with enthousiasm, enthusiasm and energy and like what you were saying, like you're excited for the day then it just reframes their mindsets too. And like all of a sudden you start to like leech onto them and then like your positivity and like your excitement leeches onto them. Mm. So now you're just like infecting all these people with like your happiness and yeah. stuff. And it's like, do you get that a lot? Cause like, I feel like you would get that a lot. Yeah, no, it, uh, happiness and, and fulfillment and contentment and, and gratitude. That's all contagious. Yeah. Which is so cool. So the more we experience that, the more the, like the people that we love can experience that. Yeah which is so cool. And then another thing is, I know there's a lot of young people that uh, they might try something creative mm-hmm. and it makes them so happy and right. our parents still don't get on the same train. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard, but you need to maybe for a time distance yourself. Like yeah. like some kids go away to school and stuff. And that's the best thing that they can do. I had to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I had to, uh, I, so I started recording the, my origin story is, uh, I always wanted to be a YouTuber when I was growing up back when YouTube was like a big thing, or just starting to be a big thing. Um, and so I'd watch all these like videos and all these guys doing their stuff. And I was like, man, this is like what I want to do. And so I started doing, um, I, I like worked a couple jobs and then I saved up a bunch of money and then I bought a gaming computer that I could also stream with and record games with and edit with. So I was like, I'm just gonna start uh, recording my games cause I already play games and I work at EB games and it all kind of like works in. Uh, and like my friends play games with me. So like, why not just record some of it? Cause it's really fun we have like good times doing it so I recorded some gameplays and stuff and my friends were never really on board with it so I'd do like one or two with a couple of them and they're there you could just tell the energy was so different because I was like oh I'm recording now and they're like oh, <laughs> oh okay. no, hello and it was just <laughs> weird because they didn't like it was still such a new thing yeah um and then uh my parents would come down and one day like before I was just like recording games I wouldn't tell them and then one day I came up and I was like man like if they find any of my stuff they're just gonna get really mad at me so I might as well just tell them so I came up, I was like, yeah, so I record YouTube videos and I put them online. And they're like, what the fuck is YouTube? <laughs> they're like, what are you even doing? Um, and they're like, you should be studying. Like, you have all this homework to do. Like, what do, you, what do you mean you're playing games? Like, that's fine for a few hours, but like, what? I don't understand. Um, but that's how I learned how to edit. And like, because I, I downloaded an editing software and um, I learned how to edit on the back end all by myself. And then was like uploading them to YouTube and stuff all by myself. And eventually I ended up stopping right away. I didn't do it for like a crazy amount of time, but I've been on and off uh, for like most of my life. But the biggest thing that's always come down to it is like my parents were not supportive of me doing that, even though they wanted to be and I could see it. They just like didn't believe in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I told them I wanted to go into film school when I was out of call or uh, out of high school, they were like really concerned. And like, especially my dad who lives in Kelowna now, he's like really like iffy on all the things I do um so I went to school and I like completely just changed cities and up until this last year my dad uh hasn't lived in Cologne so I had like no family out here I had a few friends but no family and it was the best way to do it because like I came home clean slate yeah and like nobody knew me down here which was perfect because uh I didn't give a fuck about anybody else down here but I was also just like so focused on what I wanted to do and making sure that I was actually enjoying it and then uh, when I would come home for breaks and stuff like that for Christmas and all these fun things with my parents um, and I would tell them about all the awesome things I was doing um, they were like oh wow that's that's pretty cool that's that's awesome that's good and then 
uh, near the end of my graduation in school, I got a chance to work on The Amazing Race Canada. I didn't do very much. It was just like, it was actually really fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I got to see like how it worked and all this back end stuff. And then uh, all I was really doing was like shining cars and then helping people on set. Um, cause they were doing like a little truck maze and stuff like that. And then I got to drive the cars actually, which was sick. Cause they're like brand new trucks uh, and they were getting shipped back into Toronto or something. Um, but after I came back, I was like, man, that was like the first big, big thing I have under my belt. And I was only like 20 at the time when I did that. And so when I came back and told everybody that story, I'd be like, yeah. So like, I've been working with a few companies and I was like, I was working with some smaller personal training companies and stuff like that and fitness clients. Um, and I wasn't making like a huge wage or anything off of it, but as soon as I would be like, yeah, and I also worked on the amazing race, they'd be like, wait, did you, did you actually, that's so cool. Like, I didn't know you could do that. Like you, but how did you, and it would just like, it reframed everybody else's mindset. And I was like, yeah, this is what I've been trying to tell you guys for years. (laughs) This is what I've been trying to go through and like get your approval on it almost. Um, but it really just set me up for the long run of being like, yeah, I don't really need people's approval because, like, I'm already doing really cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I usually, like, get into my own head, too, at, at, at like, end of the month, or end of the year, uh, every couple of years, I'll, like, have this weird depression where I'm like, man, I'm just, like, not doing anything. Uh, and I have to, like, go back and almost, like, look at my highlight reel. Yeah, and you're doing so much. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, like, okay, no, I'm actually doing really good, but, like, we need to be doing more. Um, and that's just my personality too, cause I don't like to take breaks and like, I don't like to relax very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's really important is to take a clean slate and like a break from everything. Um, cause it just like, it just, when you spend time with yourself, you realize that, uh, there's a lot of things that you hold yourself back from, but there's a lot of things that other people were holding you back from that you were, may necessarily have enjoyed. Um, when I first started going to the gym, everybody was telling me like, oh yeah, you're not going to get very big. You're not going to get look very different and I haven't been in the gym in a couple years now um but once I hit my peak in like 2018 or so uh, end of 2017 um I was getting everybody just being like wow you're really you're really good size like you lost a lot of weight like you're you're like way different looking like you look taller like wow you look really confident and I was like yeah it works like (laughs) you just have to kind of trust the process sometimes um so going into that is there anything that you kind of do uh that helps you trust your own process? Like, do you ever get lost in your own head and kind of have those moments where you're like, ah, shit, like, am I doing what I should be doing? Um, and if so, like, yeah, is there anything that you kind of do to reframe frame that? Yeah, I think I've done a lot of personal work over the past, let's say, four years. Yeah. And I've discovered what my core values are, and I made it very clear on what I want to achieve in the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. So... Anytime that I'm feeling anxious or kind of off path, I'll go back to that. So it's almost like my, that's my base or my roadmap. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, say you're you're going on a road trip, you're like, okay, we're driving from here to Florida, mm-hmm. right? As you're driving there, you are going to take, uh, you know, little side routes along the way. You're going to get distracted. You're going to get flat tires. Um, you're going to run out of gas. Whatever's going to happen, it's it's really helpful to um, remind yourself of where you're going and why you're going there. Right. And then also be super pumped that, you know, now we're in, we've made that far, we're just only in Idaho, but Idaho is pretty sick too. There's cool stuff going on here. Like we're going to Florida and that's awesome, but also I'm really happy to be in Idaho right now. Mm -hmm. I'm in a car and I'm with my friend, right? So that's always my biggest reset is just reminding myself of what those big um, 
audacious goals are and then also getting grounded in the present moment and and just being super grateful of you know i have a house i have clothes i have food mm-hmm. and when i can do that it doesn't it doesn't matter what i'm doing doing in life at right. that moment i'm safe and i'm happy and i'm healthy yeah right so that's that's my biggest reset probably that's awesome yeah i think that's really important man i think a lot of people just don't do that especially like uh like people like you and i um who are just like so focused on doing things for other people too uh if you really don't get that um, feedback or like that admiration back or like what you need to like kind of charge your own batteries uh you have to step away and like reset yourself and like give yourself a little charge otherwise it's just going to be really really you're just going to be grinding for no reason i really don't like that word too yeah grinding yeah. yeah man like a lot of people it's funny a lot of people um entrepreneur and grinding i think are just like very interesting words right now uh and like self-made i i hate that word too um but like grinding is probably like my worst one right now as everyone's like i'm out here grinding man i'm like well but like do you understand the concept of that like word like you're that means that you're like sharpening yourself which is good but like you're doing it in a very difficult way like it's not like friction yeah lots of friction and it's not it's not ideal I i feel like why not why not you're just like yeah i'm out here enjoying things making moves like it's like a chess game to me it's not like a grindstone like i'm not so it's just like i i guess it's just like a little bit different of a mindset because uh, even when the hard days come it's it's yeah you still have to like push through it or whatever but it's not like every day you're waking up at five in the morning and you're like grinding and you're hating it so much and maybe if you are maybe you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing exactly exactly yeah, yeah I, I think you know if anyone is they feel like they're on a uh, a path that they shouldn't be on or they're feeling a little bit lost if you go back to fundamentals um i find for me like so just take three weeks and work out regularly yeah. eat healthy food drink lots of water get to sleep on time and spend some time with friends and family yeah the end of those three weeks it doesn't matter what you're doing mm-hmm. in life you're gonna be happy and you're gonna be grateful and you'll have the clarity to know what your next step should be right. i think yeah, I think that's the hardest part is people just don't have clarity in, into where to go. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping this podcast helps them with that too. Gives them the tools and, and uh, introduces them to people who um, have that sense of clarity. Because uh, like, yeah, there's still a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, ah, shit, I don't even know what Uncommon is supposed to be about. And like a lot of people come up to me and they're like, so what is Uncommon Creative? And I'm like, well, it's a lot of things to me, but right now this is what it is and this is what I would like it to be. Um, but that's awesome, man. Uh, I kind of want to wrap this up. It's been it's been a really good interview so far, man. So yeah. we're over an hour. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for oh, even anytime. asking me to do yeah, this. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that you just add value in a really unique way because um, like when I, when I first met you at the networking event, um, I think we just talked a little bit about our jobs and stuff like that. But like you're so much more of an interesting person when you, when you get to sit down with you one-on-one. A lot of people are like that too, yeah. uh, which is why I like doing the podcast <laughs> as well. Um, but I'm really glad that you got a chance to uh, talk about yourself too, because I think it's going to help a lot of people going into it. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, especially like uh, people who have that like maybe sales or marketing background, like a practical background into like this is how you make money or this is how you get people's attention, and they're wanting to make that change into either building their own agency or uh, working for somebody else as well, because um, that's like really what I've noticed too with with our uh, one quick story, and then I have one more question for you too. Um, so Jake the uh, the uh, other full-time employee for Uncommon Creative right now. Um, He is the photo, video, and he's the audio guy as well. 
last week he quit his job full time or his uh, other job. He just quit it. He was like, I'm done. Um, and I laughed because I was expecting him to do it like a month and a half ago, two months ago <laughs> when he started working with us. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for it is because we hit every single checkbox um, that he wanted. He wanted a uh, like a flexible job so he could still go back to school because he's going to school. Um, but something that he could do on his own time, but like to make money when he needed to. Uh, and but something that was regular and had like an hourly wage so that he knew he wasn't just going to make like $50 one day and then like maybe 500 or a thousand the next. Um, and so I set him up with an editing job and he really liked it and he was doing really well on it. But he would always come back to me and he'd be like, man, these, this fucking company I'm working for, like they just got me doing all these hard things. And I'm like, so how, much, how much are you making there? And he's like, well, like six, or I think he was making like 19 with his raise. And uh, we were paying him 25, uh, like right out the gate for, for his help. And he was like, so to me, I was like, so what if you just like quit that job right now and you like worked for us full time? But I knew he wasn't ready to make that jump, so I didn't want to push it. Uh, but the other day he he had a really bad fallout with his boss. His boss at the, the other job um, didn't even let him into the office uh, to talk about uh, his problem that he was having. So he was like, "No, you have to stay outside. Like, don't come in my office." And I was like, "That's re- that's really fucking weird." Yeah, that's weird. That's really weird. Um, and this is after all the problems and stuff he's done. And he's a really, really hard worker, uh, which is why I'm really ha- glad to have him on the team because he's doing so much for this podcast. And he's doing so much for uh, the business in general, uh, for Uncommon and helping me out so much too. But he just does ne- never takes time for himself or he never like takes a step back and he's like, oh, so like, fuck you guys. I'm, I actually have a better plan and like, I'm going to go down this road. Yeah. So uh, when he made that switch as of recently, his whole demeanor has, has changed up. So yeah. Much, yeah. He's like much more of a happy guy. He's like, uh, he's a lot more confident too. And I can tell, and uh, I'm glad. Cause like, I think that's also uh, a little, um, a little rub off from just hanging out with me and stuff like that too. Cause when you, when you go into business by yourself for five years, you gotta be fucking confident at a point. Um, but when he was really making the transition, it was a little bit easier for me to be like, no, there's actually clients out here that will want to pay you a lot for your work. So like, you don't have to feel like you have to do $50 videos or like sell, say yes, or make, uh, people say yes to every single project that you, that you hit. Cause I used to think that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since he's made that switch, it's been night and day and it's, it's way better. So I'm glad that he's done that. And, and, and that's really what I'm hoping to help people do is make that transition easier or just realize that there's other people doing it too. So if you need help, you just have to ask, like, it's not that, it's not that hard. Like just say, I need some help and this is what I need help with. So many people that are willing to help. Yeah. Yeah, just put your hand up. Yeah, when we had the meeting the other day at Starbucks, uh, you helped me an unbelievably amount with uh, the uncommon business on the storytelling and the marketing and the branding side. Like, I I hadn't really thought about that very much at all because I usually think about that with other people. Like, when they come to me, they're like, this is kind of like brand guide, blah, blah, blah. Um, But even when I was telling you about uncommon, you were like, oh, well, maybe you should do this. And you weren't even like, I don't even know if you're doing it uh, on purpose, but it was just like, it was just flowing out. And I was like, holy fuck, this is like really good. Like this is shit that I would pay for. And I'm like, damn, that's why you have a consulting company. And like, that's why you consult with people. And so I was like, well, if I just take this in, it's going to do way better. And that's what we did. So we, uh, we revamped the website right away. Um, within the next day we did it. Uh, we added like little stories for everybody. And then wow. we also uh, added all of our services that we offered. Because uh, the one thing that you said is like you have to make sure that people know who you are or like you have to be able to story tell yourself too. Mm-hmm. And we weren't doing that at all. And that's what a lot of creators do. And they a lot of, they fail at storytelling for themselves too. Yeah. Yeah. So this Get is on you for instantly make changes. Man, yeah. that was that was on you though. Like I, I don't think it, if I wouldn't have had that meeting, because I knew that it was in the back of my head for sure. But mm-hmm. like because I sat down with you and you took the time to 
just kind of like walk me through it very simply. I was like, man, like, fuck, like if I don't do this and I see him again and he's like, oh, how's the company doing and we're not doing better, I'm going to be like, God damn, like <laughs> I disappointed him too. Um, especially with giving me all that free stuff. So I really appreciate that, Alex. Um, anytime. So to end it off, to take you up on that anytime, um, if you have any pieces of advice or some uh, like really valuable things that you could say to somebody who is looking to make that change or maybe they're a little younger or our age and they're wanting to become uh, uncommonly creative, like they want to go into that creative field, uh, make money with it, make it their full-time living or whatever, uh, is there any pieces of advice that you give for either like practical advice or mindset advice um, that has helped you out? Yeah, uh, three things come to mind. So one is mindset stuff, like going back to uh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah. You know, read the obstacles the way and ego is the enemy. Sure. Like those are insane little bases are operating systems for creatives. Like for me anyways, they were so valuable. Awesome. Um, the second thing is ask for help. Like we just talked about that, mm-hmm. but all the time, um, I can speak for myself and for Cam Shriner. Yeah. We, we post all the time, like, Hey, if you have any questions, um, like just ask, like, you know, more than happy to help anyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll put up a story like that and you'll see like 400 people saw this and uh, one person responded or right. no, or no one responded. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's some businesses that, you know, I'm doing consulting, $120 an hour. And I'm like, hey, ask me anything for free, mm-hmm. anytime. N- crickets, right? Yeah. So there's there's so many people out there that are willing to help. And, and the more successful people that I meet, right. that's that it's so incredibly evident. You know, I've been really lucky recently. I've met a ton of investors, very successful right. business people. That's awesome. And their mindset is, you know, if a young person comes up to them and is uh, actually authentic, mm-hmm. they'll do everything they can to help them. Yeah. No one takes advantage of that. Yeah. The third thing is, uh, this is actually something that I think helped me way more than I realized on the creative realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not um, telling anyone to do anything illegal, yeah. um, but it's something that um, I may or may have not explored is uh, you know, the realm of psychedelics. Oh man, I was going to ask you that there, too. Yeah, we could have a whole yeah. podcast about that. We might have to. <laughs> but um, I, in a very safe and controlled For sure. manner, uh, it's yeah something that's very much changed my 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 creative lens and my yeah. perspective and then also actually like a ton of ego work as well 100%. so yeah we could get into your know, talks about you know psilocybin and mm-hmm. um in the near future i'm going to be potentially exploring some you know ayahuasca stuff so whoa yeah that's a big uh, one so we might have to do a post yeah uh, a i'm post gonna podcast. do a free and a post ayahuasca one if you're gonna do that that's yeah. crazy yeah wow. so that's that, super cool that's uncommon yeah. I, I love say. psychedelics man yeah I, i'm super into them yeah. i really think it's important yeah. yeah and the deeper i dive into the creative realm or actually like very successful uh, entrepreneurs or even CEOs and stuff, you'll, you you find it in the background. It's oh, yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's, just, yeah. It's, it's like the same thing with cannabis right now. Yeah. So cannabis, you can talk about. It's like people are kind of accepting about it. Like even the other day I had a conversation with my uh, my, my dad and my stepmom and they're very like anti-cannabis, but they're mm-hmm. just starting to... Yeah, it's legal now, it. so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with psychedelics, <laughs> <laughs> especially like uh, psilocybin, magic mushrooms, LSD, yeah. like all the street names for it. It's just like people are like, uh, I don't know if I should be doing that. And when I um, when I came out to Kelowna, my best friend and I had a goal of, um, oh, I, should, I shouldn't have outed him, but whatever, one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> we had a goal into being like, okay, we need to do magic mushrooms for the first time. Because mm-hmm. we've only done, we only smoked a little bit of weed at the time and it wasn't regular at all. It was like, yeah, we would 
try like a little bit out of the bong and be like holy fuck man like this is some crazy shit uh but i was like man like what is um like what is psychedelics like what is magic mushrooms and like i really wanted to see it because like people were telling me that you're gonna see crazy stuff and i'm like man i already see crazy stuff in my head all the time so like if it can beat out my my own imagination (laughs) i kind of doubt that yeah uh and so when i got the chance to try it i was like uh, it was just like mind blowing. Like mm-hmm. Everything um, I had seen was incredible, but uh, the one lens, and this is what I think is different about you and I doing psychedelics as opposed to somebody else who's just doing them for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I take it from a very like personal growth aspect the next yes. day. So I always take, um, or not always, but when I when I do psychedelics, I take the full day to do it. So I make sure there's nothing mm-hmm. uh, for that full day that I have to do, no responsibilities, um, and I make sure that there's somebody there that's completely sober to help if anything goes wrong um but if i'm if i just want to do it by myself too sometimes i'll just do it in my house uh when there's nobody home though when mm-hmm. i know if there's nobody going to be coming in or not in or out um and it's like a controlled environment like you said uh but then the next day i think is the more important day because that's the day that i go back and if i wrote notes or if i recorded a video or audio which i often i did um about like going into that different realm uh I would look back on it and be like, okay, does any of this actually like correspond with how I'm living my life right now? And I'd say like 95% of the time, the stuff that I wrote down was like really key into changing my mindset for the future. It was like, oh, if you, for example, I had this one trip uh, a couple years ago in my old place. And that was the last time I've, I've done uh, psychedelics because I did like a hero dose. I did like five grams or so. It was the highest dose I've ever taken. I usually do like of magic mushrooms, dried magic mushrooms. I usually do like 1.5 grams or whatever. If I'm just gonna have like a, a base level trip. Yeah. Um, and then microdosing too, I, I microdosed and I experimented with that and it was really exciting. Um, but this one heavy, heavy dose, I've never had a hero trip and I was always curious about it. Um, and it wasn't like the best place for me to be in, but it also wasn't the worst place. Uh, and there was a couple things I should have changed about it looking back, but hindsight 2020. But the main thing that I got out of it is I was sitting in this, I was sitting in my bedroom and um the walls were like a beige color like not white but beige Mm -hmm. and i uh i looked over and i started seeing like faces trying to like pull out from the wall and like everything that was square was all of a sudden not and it was round i couldn't see corners and everything was like starting to like fade and like mush into one thing and i was freaking out i was like holy shit like um i mean like humans by nature we like to have things in boxes so we can understand them uh, but for me at the time I was like holy shit like this is like everything is collapsing like literally the everything in front of me is collapsing I couldn't move I was like paralyzed with fear and uh, the only thing that helped me was I had this voice in the back of my head that said just speak what you want and it was that was it and I was like uh, okay uh, well the first thing is like who are all these people and why are they in my house and then after that like the faces started to like recede into the wall and I was like and then I just started like saying a bunch of stuff I, I can't remember all of it um, but I just started like speaking my truth essentially is what it was doing um, and then by the within that like short like two minute gap I like was laying down and then I sat up and I was just talking and I was talking to nobody like mm-hmm. my girlfriend was there but she just wasn't like it doesn't didn't really make sense to her um, and then at the end of it I was like holy shit your voice is extremely powerful. <laughs> like you're, you're the way you proceed or the way you storytell and the way you tell ideas is extremely powerful. And I try and tell people that all the time in my, in business and like being a creative, like your stories are incredibly powerful, but it, it took me a lot for me to realize that. And that I, I did have a story to tell and that I should start using my voice more and that I should start, um, like really projecting myself out more. 
Uh, and I mean, like Jim Carrey says it as well, too. We have our eyes are not only uh, receivers, but they're also projectors into mm. what we want. And so I started to think about all this stuff. And then I was like, fuck it. We're going to create a podcast. And I was like, I don't know what the podcast is going to be about. So um, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I think that's really awesome. man. I think, yeah, uh, to wrap it up, I think that's like a super important thing. You have to explore different options and whether it's psychedelics or not, like I'm not, I'm not advocating for them. Um, but I do think there's a, there's a benefit in looking beyond the public view of things and like the beyond, uh, the public judgment of things because it's very shallow what the media puts out there. Lots of it, including the news, including what you read on Facebook, all that stuff. But people's opinions are also very shallow at, at the start usually. But if you can dive deep into your own opinions of yourself, but also um, what's kind of going on in the world and why things are taboo or bad, maybe there's a little bit more to it than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's super important and something that I, I kind of like go yeah. forward with. So yeah, I think that's... that's I think that's cool. where innovation lies, in that gray area. Yeah, because I mean, being a creative, you're just living in the gray zone. You're mm-hmm. just living in this weird zone where it's like, because really nothing I, like even you and I do, aside in like, Unless I take my videos and put them on a hard drive, and unless you take your writing and you write it on paper, there's nothing physical for that, right? Yeah. Like, it's still a hard drive, and it's still a piece of paper, but it just has your own imprint on it. And I think that's really important to realize, is, like, going to work, a lot of people don't produce things every day. They don't, like, uh, they're not a manufacturing company that produces steel doors and frames. They, like, work to do something. Like, they sell people, or they, like, make sales, or they, they meet new clients, or they... Um, help connect two people and then that ends up being a sale for like a t-shirt or whatever so you, sometimes there's like that that physical aspect but for the most part like there's not very much physical aspect to what people do nowadays mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of people I think living in this gray zone but just not really realizing it whereas creatives have been doing it for so long um, and so that's like the really important thing is like remember that you're living in this gray zone and that yeah things are not necessarily good or bad but it's how you choose to storytell for it and it's how you choose to really put your own spin on it that makes it important that makes it good or bad um and that makes it really interesting i think as well yeah and everyone can be creative and everyone can tell a story boom that's that's the end quote (laughs) awesome thank you so much alex yeah i appreciate you coming on uh that was a really good episode Uh, i'm sure we're gonna have to have you back for another episode because uh that's kind of my thing i like to have long after a few months and see where you're at um Leave uh, a couple of links where people can find you, talk about your socials, uh, how you can help people with your consulting business, uh, drop some self-promo right now, and we will wrap it up. Yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, my main line of communication is on Instagram, so it's just at AlexVandelar, and um, yeah, I, I have like a million different projects on the go. I'm actually not accepting uh, clients for consulting right now, but I will help anyone at any time also, so I'll give anyone advice, so just send me a message, send me a DM and uh yeah just keep living creative awesome i love it thank you guys so much for watching episode number seven of the uncommon creative podcast uh we will have more to come and yeah thank you again for staying tuned make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that like if you did like it and if you have a comment about anything that you heard here that kind of made it stand out or made you change the way that you perceived your own life uh, and your mindset especially, let us know. Because that, I mean, I really appreciate that. I like the admiration of it. And I like knowing that people are actually getting a little bit of value out of this too. Awesome. My name's Shane. This has been Alex. Thank you for watching. Perfect.